Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish River Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And hey, Chet, the Eagles took care of their business in Detroit in the opener, now getting ready for the home opener on Monday Night Football against the Vikings. And the Phillies continue to take care of their business, opening a four-and-a-half game lead for a wild-card spot. Maybe not the prettiest Eagles win, but just as Boop, Bob Patron Jr., predicted last week, it was a high-scoring game. And, hey, what about that Bailey Falter? He's a stopper. (laughs) (laughs) We certainly have plenty to talk about. Our new ace. You know, Bill, we got so much going on on this show. I don't think we're going to have any time left to discuss Monday night's Emmy Awards. Admit it, you watched the whole three hours. Thank goodness. No? No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's get this rolling. Let's welcome our first guest from the 33rd team and Philadelphia Magazine, Paul Domowitz. Domo, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Paul, uh, we're glad to be talking Eagles football again, so let's get right to it. Bottom line, the Birds began the season with a W. That is what it's all about. And while he wasn't perfect, and some people think he ran too much, Jalen Hurts did a lot of good things. What is your take on what Hurts was able to do in the opening game? Yeah, I agree, Chad. I mean, he had a a solid game. Uh, You know, the running is always going to be a part of his his game. Get, you know what he what he take brings to a game maybe not 17 carries but i mean anybody that thinks you know that that he shouldn't be running doesn't understand how important that is to to his makeup um you know he's improved since last year you saw some of that improvement you saw him uh not get stuck for sacks he he's apparently seems to have learned how to uh, kind of a, a two-handed basketball chest pass on uh, running to his left when he needs to throw the ball away. So, uh, but he, you know, I mean, him and AJ Brown have clearly developed instant chemistry. Um, you know, Devonta Smith wasn't a big factor on Sunday, but I think that's going to change. I mean, he'll distribute that ball around. So, you know, I mean, we're not looking at Justin Herbert here. Uh, you know, you got to take little baby steps with Jalen, uh, but what he, might not have yet as a passer. He certainly has as a runner. And, and Paul, do you see as this all plays out, I think uh, with this wide receiver core, once Devontae Smith is in the mix and they start getting man coverages and thing like, things like that, Jalen's going to run the football. I, I think it's a, it's a positive. I think it's a weapon for this offense while many people don't want to see it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, you saw a lot of RPOs on Sunday. That helps the running game as well as the passing game. A lot of slants to, to uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's nothing but a – well, he's 
he's built like a fullback. So, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, he's not going to take a lot of punishment. He knows when to get down. He took a hard shot on Sunday that was, that was a cheap shot. And, uh, you know, was, the guy was flagged for targeting. Uh, but for the most part, you know, he's not going to take a big pounding. Uh, and that's, you know, so I, I have no problems with the running. Like I said, like you said, it's a big part of his game. Well, let's talk more about A.J. Brown. Uh, we certainly saw what he can do. How good is he? Very good. Uh, you yeah. know, he, I mean, he's he's kind of a combination of, you know, he, I mean, he, he can go vertical as he showed uh, on that one catch, uh, but he's so big and strong. I mean, he can get 50-50 balls. He can out-muscle cornerbacks and safeties. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he – and like I said, he and – and Jalen has such great chemistry. I, you know, at one point early after they signed him, I wasn't sure, you know, because of the fact that they, you know, with him and Devontae, they wasn't sure how they'd, how the, you know, the targets were going to be split up. But, I mean, this is a guy that's probably going to catch 75, 80 balls this year. And what, what did you think about the play of Miles Sanders? You know, he 90-plus uh, yards rushing. It looked like at times the offensive line was struggling a little bit in pass protection, which Jalen helped with that uh, with his runs. But running the football, if you're going to get 90-plus yards from your number one back, is usually a pretty good day. Yeah, I mean, that 26-yard uh, run uh, late in the game probably was the difference between a win and a loss. Uh, he didn't make a first down on that play. Uh, you know, we're, they're giving the ball back to, uh, you know, to, to Detroit and the way their defense was playing at that point, I'm not sure they would have stopped Detroit. So uh, that was huge. I mean, uh, keeping it away from them. You know, I think that the RPOs and, and Jalen's threat as a runner kind of opened things up between the tackles for miles on a lot of those runs, the nice holes, but he's got, you know, he's got one of the best lines in the league blocking for him. So yeah, that was a good start for him. You know, they didn't overwork him. I think he ended up with what 13 carries, uh, which is pretty much what you're going to see from him. Uh, you know, this isn't going to be a workhorse back. They've got Kenny Gainwell. They've got Boston Scott. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to use them all. Hey, on the defensive side of the ball, just one sack, and that came after a bobbled snap. Uh, and not as much pressure as we would like to have seen from the new defensive line. Um, Hassan Reddick didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, is that a concern? Well, I mean, I don't know if you can say anything's a concern after one game, what but it game? was it was not what you wanted to see. Uh, you know, I mean, the tackles did not – I mean, the only tackle that played well uh, was the, the rookie, Jordan Davis, and he was only on the field 22 snaps. Uh, the two starters, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, both played, you know, subpar. Uh, you know, you, you don't like that. Uh, you know, I mean, Fletcher Cox, I know he's 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 on the downside, but you know you still expected more from him. I mean, he was getting single blocked on Sunday, and teams were and they were and the Lions were having no trouble blocking him with single block. That you know back in the day that just didn't happen. I mean, he he would win those matchups. So uh, you know they're they're bringing Brandon Graham along slowly. He didn't play a lot of snaps either, um, but. You know, one sack, 13 pressures is not what you need from that group. It's it, it contributed to, you know, why Jared Goff had such a uh, a good second half and, and why they were having trouble. So 
I mean, that's got to improve, whether it's whether they blitz more, whether they move people around. I, I think certainly we're going to see Jordan Davis play more snaps as we go along here. I'm not exactly sure why he only played 22, whether whether, you know, I mean, he's in he's in he's in good shape. I mean, for a 340 pound guy, that's so uh, it wasn't you know, they were playing indoors. So that wasn't it. Um, you know, maybe they just want to bring him along slowly. Nicobe Dean, their other rookie, uh, only played, I believe, three, four snaps. And, you know, that needs to change because T.J. Edwards can't be on the field, you know, for 100 percent of your defensive snaps. That, that started to show up in the second half. So, yeah, they, to, to answer your question, they, they need better uh, pressure than they got on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. I think the, uh, you know, in this league, you're not covering too many guys one-on-one if you're not pressuring the quarterback. Somebody, somebody's going to get open. It's just the way it is. DBs are out there on an island. Uh, I'd expect this week uh, the game plan changes with a lot more pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't want to give uh, Kirk Cousins a lot of time to throw to Justin Jefferson and uh, Adam uh, Thielen. I mean, he'll, he'll – He'll he'll just rip them apart. Hey, Paul, Bill and I last week, along with uh, your former colleague, Boop, Bob Vetrone Jr., made our season predictions. Bill and Boop both said 12 and 5 for the Eagles. I went 11 and 6. Did you make a prediction? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's going to be 11 or 12, but, uh, you know, I'm optimistic right now. I think if they stay healthy, 12 and 5 certainly is, is reasonable. I mean, I, I look at their schedule and, you know, I mean, I think they can be eight and two after 10 games. Uh, they, they need to be no worse than seven and three because of the, you know, most of the tough games come, you know, later on in the season this year, as opposed to last year. So, uh, but I think 12 and five is, is very doable, especially in light of, you know, what we're seeing happen in Dallas uh, with injuries. Yeah. Hey, Paul, I wanted to ask you about the, the, you've been covering Eagles football for a long time and, uh, the Philly faithful uh, and their quarterbacks, uh, there are all kinds of bad things being said about Jalen Hurts prior to the season and after week one. Uh, but these are the same fans that didn't like Donovan McNabb or Randall Cunningham or anybody else except Nick Foles. Uh, what is it with Eagles fans and their quarterbacks? You know, you always like the guy that's not out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jalen's, uh, I think, maybe because he's a little bit unorthodox as far as the way, you know, the running, uh, not as accomplished yet as a passer. That's probably uh, contributes to why some people don't like him. But, you know, I mean, there's just there's just, there's just so much to like about this kid beyond, you know, beyond what he does on the field. I mean, he's he's a, he's a natural leader. Uh, you know, he's he's. I mean, he's, he's kind of the locker room inspiration for these guys. I mean, they followed him since the, the first game. They threw him out there as a starter for Carson Wentz back in, in 2020 when he was a rookie. So, um, you know, I mean, I I don't hear a lot of negative stuff. You guys probably hear more of it than I do. I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, I think this town is going to – if they, you know, if they would if they would go deep into the playoffs this year, this town is going to love this guy. If they don't. Well, <laughs> next man up. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, he's not guaranteed anything after this year. He has to play well or they'll go look for another quarterback next year. 
Well, let's talk about the Vikings who come to Philly Monday night. They're coached by Kevin O'Connell. We're actually going to be talking to his dad, Bill, in the second half of our show. They have maybe the best receiver in the game in Justin Jefferson. Former Eagles linebacker Jordan Hicks is there now. He had a real good debut with the Vikings. Nine tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. The line's only two points in favor of the Eagles. I got to be honest, I'm a little worried about this game. What's your take on the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a tough game. Minnesota is a very good team. Yeah, yeah. Kevin O'Connell, you know, I mean, I, I know that the Rams hated to lose him. I mean, he was a valuable offensive coach. And uh, I think he's brought a lot to this team. I think they needed uh, to, to, you know, I mean, Zimmer was a, a terrific defensive coach, but I mean, I think they needed to look for an offensive coach and they, they've got a good one. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to stop Thielen and, and Jefferson. I, I, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how Gannon does it. And, and clearly it's going to start with the pressure like we talked about earlier. So um, this is not going to be, I mean, it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, and, and to Chet's point, Jefferson might not even be the best receiver on his team. Yeah, uh, Thielen's pretty darn good. So the Eagles will have their hands full, and they better put pressure on that quarterback or they are going to get picked apart, I'm afraid. And they gotta, they, they've got to put him – they've got to put – I mean, Cousins doesn't throw interceptions. He's got one of the lowest interception percentages in the league over the last five, six years. Uh, and, and, you know, with, with, with Jefferson – He's been so good on third down. He led the league last year in third down receptions. So they've got to put they've got to put the Vikings in a lot of third and longs, and 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 hope that you know they can cover them long enough to let the pressure get there. You know, we didn't mention the the other uh, acclaimed receiver, Jalen Rager, that they have. Uh, yeah. He played. He played, I think, four snaps in uh, the opening game. All of them on special teams. He had one punt return for seven yards. You think they're going to throw him out there at all on offense against his former team? I don't know how much he knows yet. Uh, you know, maybe he's familiar with a few packages. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, they're not going to sacrifice snaps with uh, Jefferson yeah. and Thielen just to put Rager out there against his old team. I mean, they need him on, you know, they need him as a return guy. That'll pretty much be it probably. <laughs> To jump over in the NFC, uh, obviously it's just one one game, but do you make anything of uh, a pretty nice game from Carson Wentz, a real nice game from Saquon Barkley, and really yeah. bad things happening in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with Dallas. Uh, you know, I mean, losing, I mean, losing the left tackle first uh, was tough because they're such a left tackle dependent offense, and they were going to have to either put a rookie out there or Jason Peters. They ended up going with the rookie, the first round rookie, who did okay, but the, the crusher was losing Dak Prescott for a still to be determined number of games. My guess is it ends up being five or six, uh, and that's going to kill them. I mean they they have no uh, they have no backup. Cooper Rush is not going to do much for them, uh, and and you know the their running game is not what it was back in the day. So I don't think they can lean heavily on that. So they're in trouble. Uh, you know, Washington, I mean, Carson Wentz, the good Carson prevailed over the bad Carson on Sunday. Had the two interceptions early in the fourth quarter that, that almost killed him. Uh, but then comes back and has two uh, fourth quarter interceptions, uh, or uh, touchdowns that end up winning the game. So, you know, I think that the, the real Carson is somewhere in between the the 2020 Carson that we remember when he, before he left 
and the one from 2017 when he was almost the league MVP. Somewhere in the middle is what he really is. I think that's a good thing for for Washington. I think he's going to make them a better team. Whether they're ready to contend for the division, I'm not sure. Same with the Giants. I mean, you know, I've always been higher on Daniel Jones than a lot of people, and now they've got Saquon uh, healthy. I like, you know, I like the coaching change they made and the GM change. Uh, I just don't know if this they're ready this year. So, uh, you know, I think this is. I mean, the division is the Eagles to to, to win right now if they don't screw it up. Last question, Paul, from me. Uh, a new era, as the ads say, is beginning tonight with Amazon Prime carrying the Thursday night games. How's that going to go over with people who, you know, maybe some of the older folks who aren't really that tech savvy or don't want to pay for Prime? What's this going to mean for them? You know, I'm curious. I, I, I have not seen the numbers as to how many people have Prime. I mean, I do. Uh, but but I got it initially like a couple of years back or three years, four years ago from my daughter during I think during the pandemic. I mean, you know, you were able to share Netflix and, and Prime and all those things back then. And, uh, you know, I mean, the league swore it never would go to pay, you know, to pay TV. It obviously uh, broke that promise. Uh you know they've got they've got a good team working the game. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I, I I don't know. People have kind of accepted this. You know, if, if it's your if it's your team that's on, you can be able to watch them locally. Right. Uh, so it's not going to cause a, it's not going to make anybody that roots for that team miss a game. For uh, but yeah, I'm curious to see what the reaction is going to be. It hasn't been awful so far. I mean, I haven't heard any uh, seen any protests in front of. Uh, the NFL's Park Avenue offices. Yeah, well, and personally, I don't have it. My wife does have it. I have three 30-year-old sons who are football fanatics, all live out of town, and none of them have it. So, oh. I, I, don't, you know, I don't know how that all works out in the long run. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Paul, we're about out of time. But before we go, can you let, let everyone know how they can follow you with your social media? You got a lot going on still. Yeah, uh, the two, uh, I mean, I'm working for uh, the 33rd team.com, which, uh, you know, you can uh, you can find that online. Also, uh, jacobsports.com, which covers the Eagles, and I write for them. So uh, either one of those, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at pdamo. Thanks, Damo. Take care, man. All right, Paul, thanks. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. All right. Hey, Chet. You know, we got to talk about Allstate Insurance because if your car is uh, getting more mileage than you are right now, you need to do something about it and get Allstate pay-as-you-go auto insurance. You know it, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, it's you-know-who, Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. And, Bill, one place uh, everybody should be driving to over the next few weeks, at least a couple of times, is the Irish Rovers Station House in Langhorne, PA, because they have a couple of great events on the calendar. First of all, Saturday, September 17th, happens to be exactly six months from St. Patrick's Day. So why not celebrate that fact? 
the Irish Rover will. The halfway to St. Paddy's Day event will be happening actually all weekend, Thursday through Sunday. There will be loads of Irish fare, even more than usual, including corned beef and cabbage, Guinness stew, Irish egg rolls, and of course, Guinness beer will be flowing. And there'll be Jameson and St. Paddy's cocktail specials too. I will absolutely be there on Saturday. Look for me. And then a couple of weeks from now, we have October 1st and we have Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's the day that this great Irish bar and restaurant goes German. The annual Oktoberfest celebration features great German food, some special beers, the annual beer stein hoisting competition, etc. 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, October 1st. I have been there a few times over the years, and it is always a blast. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. The website, of course, irishroverstationhouse.com. Merrill. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Yes, it is. And hey, Chet, uh, you know we got to talk about some Phillies. And we were kidding up front in the uh, in the opening about Bailey Falter, but no kidding, uh, Bailey Falter has really become a a key player, key pitcher on this staff right now uh, to the point that it looks like he's got a spot in the rotation. Zach Eflin makes his first appearance last night in relief coming off the injured list. Uh, how do you think this is all going to play out? Boy, I don't know. They may have to piggyback a couple of these guys, you know, use Zach Eflin and Ranger Suarez in the same game or, you know, Falter and one of those guys. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Can it be possible they have too many starting pitchers? Boy, that's never a, never a bad thing, but it's also something we haven't seen a long, long time with the Phillies. Yeah, well, and uh, and it might help if the injury situation doesn't straighten itself out a little sooner than later with Wheeler, with Zach Wheeler. Uh, but, you know, having a guy that maybe can go in that bullpen and pitch more than one inning, you know, what, what's gotten them in trouble in some of the games they've lost here in the last month, which hasn't been all that many, it's it's having guys that having to go into that second inning of relief. Maybe if you can get a guy that's effective like uh, Eflin and he could throw you a couple innings, that's a really good thing. Yeah, uh, it was great to see Eflin back on the mound. I don't expect a whole lot from him in September. I don't think they're going to throw him out there as, you know, one of the key starters, but they can use him as a middle reliever. They can, as I said, you know, do a, a combo kind of thing, whatever it takes. But uh, you can never have too much pitching. And great to have Sir Anthony Dominguez back in the bullpen, too. It, you know, great to have him and Robertson back uh, to close out games. So I'm really excited about this. And fortunately, Reese Hoskins, uh, the injury doesn't look too bad. He he's, should, should be gone uh, just a day or two uh, with that hand injury. So things are looking up for this Phillies team, Bill. Yeah, well, they're they're getting healthy, and that's good. This is the time. They're playing good ball. They're beating the teams that they need to beat. Uh, there's three three in Atlanta this weekend and four next week in Philly with Atlanta. Important games, but, you know, I think we kind of thought that it wasn't going to matter much from the Braves' standpoint. The Braves are in a, in a dogfight for that first position, which is huge as well. So uh, we're going to get their best, and we're going to have to throw our best out there. Yeah, it's it's important for a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, you want to beat the Braves so you keep them out of, I guess, the top spot in the National League East. Also, you want to see that you can match up with this team 
And, you know, if you do have to play them in the playoffs, that you can compete with them and, uh, you know, give them a battle. It's going to be all three in Atlanta if it goes three. So, you know, you want to show you can match up with them. They did that during the season. They they split with them or won the series. So uh, played them pretty well, unlike with what the situation was with the Phillies and Mets. The Mets really had their number all year. So you'd rather not face those guys from New York in the opening round of the playoffs, even though the Mets have been scuffling quite a bit the last few weeks. Yeah, well, they, they've opened a four-and-a-half game lead over the Brewers, um, and they win the tiebreaker. Phillies win the tiebreaker there, so things are looking pretty good. They come out of the weekend in good shape, hopefully, there. Uh, Bryce Harper needs to get back on track. He did finally hit a home run. But every night, it seems like it's somebody different. Nicky Maton the other night with a big blast. Uh, JT last night with a couple home runs. Gene Segura is playing well out. Uh, foam has been consistent. Harper um, needs to get going. They need Castellanos back. And Schwarber, you know, you can't hit 215 in the leadoff spot if you're not hitting home runs. Yeah, that's a concern. They'd like to get him going, certainly. But how about JT? You know, right around Memorial Day, we were ready to say he was washed up and it's time. Not for- we. Well, some people. Okay, yes. some people. Clarify. It was pretty much the end of the line for JT, and they should start looking to the future with, you know, some younger guy. And all of a sudden, he's been their best player, I think, over the last couple of months. He's hitting home runs. He's always been great defensively. So JT has been one of their most valuable players, certainly, over the last two months. Well, you know, Chad, I, I'll have to kid you about this because I know you you subscribe to the Whipping Boy of the Week um, you know, as you go down the Phillies lineup, but now you have the Eagles to throw in there. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of our friends, uh, they switched over to Jalen Hurts as the whipping boy this week, even <laughs> after a win. Uh, but then we could jump back over to the Eagle or, or for, to the Phillies for a few games, uh, and throw somebody else on the hot seat. Aaron Nola does pitch this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame he had, uh, a shortened <laughs> outing the other day because of that, three and a half hour or whatever it was rain delay on Sunday. Uh, you know, Nola has shown a lot here and there. He's been inconsistent and yeah, he's been a whipping boy and I've, I've put the stats out there. He has not had a lot of great <laughs> September uh, months during his career. So I want to see more from him over the next two weeks. Cause they're going to need him in the postseason if they want to go beyond that opening playoff series. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, PJ just brings up here about Segura, and I was going to uh, – I didn't know he was batting second tonight, but I was going to mention a little more about Gene Segura. You know, he's a heck of a player. He's, he's hitting about 290 now. He's got some power, plays solid defense, can run the bases. I mean, he's a heck of a player, and they're going to have to figure out what they want to do. I You know, it, it kind of sounded like he was going to be not here next year. Um, as they look forward with these young kids they have coming up, Maton and Stott and some others. Uh, boy, I don't know how you can let Gene Segura get out of here. Yeah, he's been really impressive. And, you know, his attitude seems great this year. There hasn't been any problem at all with him hustling. And you can see the, the fire in his eyes, you know, when he's out there, and especially when, you know, they walk somebody in front of him. He, he takes it personally, and he's had a few walk-off hits this year. So he's really into it. And, yeah, I would not be surprised if they at least considered bringing him back next year. I think he's earned that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And one, one final question I had for you for the bullpen. Um, you know, we, we've been through this all year, and then the injury certainly messed it up some more. Um, 
is it time as we're at the middle of September now to slot these guys? Get Sir Anthony back in the ninth inning, get Robertson in the eighth, get Brogdon in the seventh with hand, and, and find these guys slots that they're going to uh, sit in or just continue to go on Rob Thompson's gut because that's how a lot of it seems to have gone. Yeah, I'm not too worried about the back end of the bullpen doing that. I think what's really going to be important is to set up the starting rotation the way you want it. And with the big lead over over the Brewers at this point, you know, barring a 1964-type collapse, the Phillies are going to be in the postseason. And hopefully they can clinch that, uh, you know, with a week, week and a half to go in the season so they can start setting up the rotation the way you want to have it for that opening series, whether it be, you know, in Atlanta or St. Louis or New York. Yeah, well, I, I think it's it's all important, and uh, they can't have a weak link out there. Every everybody's got to do their job and uh, continue to play solid defense and and get those key hits. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, should we uh, talk with our next guest? What do you think? Well, let's see if he's ready because I'll tell you what, I, it can't be any more exciting of a time for our second guest. Uh, when your son is the head football coach in the NFL uh, and his second game, his team is playing in your hometown. It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> and there he is. That is Bill, Bill O'Connell. Bill O'Connell, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. You got that purple on today instead of that blue we well, saw yeah, you in last and time. I saw, I saw the picture you had on there, and it's from that other team on the coast <laughs> who's an extremely uh, good franchise, great team, great coaching staff. Super Bowl champs, but it's time for uh, the new one now. <laughs> you, you're talking about maybe this picture? Yeah, that's 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 the team. Yeah, <laughs> but you look good. Yeah, despite the the colors, you know, it's still a good looking family. Hey, Bill, that Super Bowl <laughs> ring, that Super Bowl ring is still from that other team, oh. and you go wear it proudly, right? Let me tell you something. I saw that ring for the first time about three weeks ago. Um, they need a SWAT team just to be around his house when that thing's home. <laughs> <laughs> he's scrambling around now to get a safe so he can lock that thing up and uh but uh it is an amazing piece of jewelry i gotta tell you well really bill is. let's talk about what happened last weekend uh your son in his first regular season season coaching job wins a game beating that aaron Rodgers fella that had to feel pretty good huh it was a great day great game and i know that the vikings uh coaching staff and, and the roster Every man was solidly lined up to take that that first game on. Uh, Kevin went in there and, and tried to modify the culture and, and do some things and establish his culture with the with the club. And uh, everybody's bought in, and he was very very excited. Was a little nervous. I I got to tell you, he was a little nervous about the first game, and self admittedly, he said he was a little nervous, but. Once he got out there and, and got on that field, he um, he knew he had a job to do, and he it was counting on that staff and those the 53 guys in that roster to get it done. And uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. They played hard. They were totally committed to making sure they got that first one in, in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium under their belt, and uh, they got it done, and we were all there to enjoy it. It was just a fabulous, fabulous day for the O'Connell yeah. family. Oh, absolutely. Good, good to be more excited for you. Hey, you know, it's got to be fun when you're a coach. I mean, you're in a league that just has so much talent to begin with. But you moved over from a, a 
so much talent with the Rams in the wide receiver position and all that. And you go over to Minnesota and you have Justin Jefferson and Thielen and a, and a, and a veteran quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Uh, and you can step in and put your print on that team pretty quickly and get these guys to buy in, man. There's nothing but good things ahead. Well, I'll tell you, when, when Kevin first told us that the future was, was going towards uh, uh, Egan, Minnesota, uh, one of the next things out of his mouth were, uh, was that he was so excited because the toolbox was pretty full. And uh, he has prior relationship with uh, Mr. Cousins. And uh, what he saw there as a baseline to implement his system, his offense, he was very excited for the personnel that were there. And uh, now that uh, Kwesi uh, is uh, the general manager, Kwesi Menz is there with him, and they've kind of built this thing first year. And uh, he's very, very excited. And uh, I think it, 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 it played out well last week. And I think he's looking forward to, to building those building blocks and getting into the season and get that system down. And I know he's got the greatest faith in, in, in Kurt and in the rest of the club, but he, he feels very fortunate to have the toolbox he has there in Minnesota. I know you've got a fun weekend planned. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but I want to ask you about <laughs> Monday night, what that atmosphere is going to be like. As Bill said, you're going to uh, see a team that you've rooted for for many, many years, the right. going to exactly. get a team that your son is now the head coach of. Where are your emotions going to be? i got to think they're, you know, on the side of your son, but uh, it's got to be weird, don't you think? Well, you know, I was I, – I had a long history in my – our family, our extended family, and we have lots and lots of family still there in the Delaware Valley. Yeah. And um, it is a it is a special feeling, I have to tell you that. Uh, playing in the area as high school and then to college and then – taking Kevin down as a young boy to see the Eagles and the, the Randall Cunningham, uh, Richie Cotite Eagles of veteran stadium. Um, when he became a player in the NFL, uh, he played there several times, either exhibition uh, games. And, uh, and then when he was on coaching staff, we went in there. It was, it was a fun time for us because we knew the history, but we knew it was, he was part of part of the effort. Now he's the top dog. He's, he's yeah. going in there. It's his club. And uh, he, he's, he, he and I've just, in fact, I was at the facility this afternoon and took a little bit of practice and, and we, we joked about it. I said, well, it's going to be something else, partner. And he said, sure is. But I think all of us know, and he knows the, the history, and the, the, uh, the family connections and the uh, family and friends and the, the years that we spent decades that we were in the area. It is, it's, it's a feeling that I just, I can't describe that you, you have pride in your son, you have pride in who he's working for. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm, I was born and raised in Delaware County and, and, and was an Eagles fan since I can remember. So to say that I totally have these feelings in, in all the right places, I would be lying to you guys because it, they're all over the, they're all over the spectrum. How many O'Connell right. tickets will, how many O'Connell tickets will be at the game uh, this Monday? Well, it's not that it's not it's not that bad. I mean, he's he's under he's got a plan, you know, because he knows people in every city he's going to play in. And and we met with he and my daughter in law and there's a there's a management plan there. But uh, the immediate family in the area are going to be there and uh, we're going to be there uh, pregame with him and probably visit with him when he first gets in town. But uh, I can tell you uh, 
along with the other function that I'm going to be attending this weekend and former teammates, uh, family, friends, cousins, aunts, uncles, uh, people that I've known and my wife and I've known all our lives. If, if we wanted to be that, that magnanimous, we would run out of tickets. I mean, <laughs> and that that's going to happen because when, when we first started planning this weekend with the St. James guys and, and uh, I talked to my teammates said, they said, Bill, this thing's a sellout already. We, we don't, there's not. And I said, well, I said, we're dealing with the Vikings and dealing through the Eagles with the Vikings. I said, and uh, we actually cheated the last time. I'll be honest with you guys. When we bring them into town and the, and the Rams played there, uh, Kevin having a background with Mr. McCone, Mr. McCown, uh, we kind of worked through the Eagles and uh, we literally went there, no gear on, no colors, walked in totally benign, totally covertly. It was an FBI operation all the way. Sat there in the Eagles family section, never even cheered. We just enjoyed the game and got out of there with uh, no harm, no foul. And uh, it was a great day. But uh, like I said, if we if we, we had to, when we had a printing press, we could have been printing tickets from now until Monday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, that's how many people that we know and love and uh and know him and and love and respect him for what he's done so yeah that's a that would be a big number i can tell you you mentioned some of the other stuff going on this weekend our pal dave berman on unearth this uh <laughs> newspaper piece who was that guy there <laughs> well the guy the two guys on each the guy in the middle is is me but when i was 17 years old it seems like that it was like uh, centuries ago um uh, Two guys of my, my either of my sides or my teammates from St. James, Mr. Gallagher and Mr. Barnes, who are still in the area. And uh, Mr. Barnes and Mr. Gallagher uh, basically are behind the effort to have a 50-year St. James championship reunion uh, this weekend. We, we talked about it when the, the Eagles schedule came out and the, and the Vikings were on it and it was going to be at the link. I immediately called those guys and I said, hey, gentlemen, this is going to be a special weekend. And they said, Billy, you're absolutely right. And so we're starting on Saturday. We're going to have a dinner and a get together and uh, have uh, members of the press and, and people there, teammates. Uh, we've, we've lost six or seven over the years. So we're going to have a little bit of remembrance of them uh, and all the coaches, of course, they're, they're gone. Joe Logue, Bob Ewing. Bob Nugent, Joe Hwanski, all the, the coaching staff, but uh, we probably are probably have 20 in the number of 20 uh, guys that are still around players and, and wives, of course, that we, that have, we've known over the years. And it's going to be a very special thing. We're going to have a celebration at the, at the dog house on Saturday. <laughs> at, uh, I think it starts at one o'clock down at the St. James dog house, kind of a memorial hall and, and museum yeah. down there. And uh, it'll be a great time. And, uh, we're going to continue that on to probably some social adult uh, activities and beverages throughout Saturday night. And Sunday we're, kind of, we're going to catch up individually. And then on Monday, uh, I understand that there's going to be two things happening. There's going to be an O'Connell group contingency tailgate, as well as a St. James contingency tailgate in the, I think in the RV lot. So I told my, my wife, Suzanne and I, I said, well, we better eat our Wheaties and, because it's going to be a busy, busy Monday come uh, Monday oh, yeah. and, and uh, game time. So, and then we we always try to get in and, and spend a little bit of time with him and 
and before game and pregame, if we're there, or if we're especially at home or on away games when we, like this, when we were able to travel to the away game, we normally try to get in and spend a little bit of time with 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 coach. And uh, but it's, I tell you what, if you're an old football player from Philadelphia, played there, your son's now coaching the NFL. I'm walking on a cloud. I I don't know what yeah. to tell you guys. Absolutely. Hey, hey, for your St. James group, that's another reason to walk on a cloud. Is this the first time you've all gotten together in 50 years, a planned well, uh, event? There, over the years, that we've maintained contact. We've communicated. But myself and uh, I'm sure you guys remember the name of Tony Surge, mm-hmm. great, great old state running back from, uh, from St. James. He and I were best friends since grade school. We've known each other since third grade. And he and I, back in the 80s, both got in our individual careers out of football, he in, in business and I with the government. And uh, we, we eventually ended up in California for the last probably 20 years. And uh, we've been living in California, but we've kind of maintained contact with the guys and extremely close with, with Joe Gallagher and, and Gary Barnes and, and a lot of the guys. And, and uh, especially my wife, my wife went to school with some of the fellows that went to Westchester State but I've maintained contact with quite a few of the guys from Bonner and O'Hara. And, of course, Bobby Ewing, who was the coach at O'Hara, was a very good friend, close family friend of my mom and dad. And uh, whenever I'd get in town, whether I was with the Bureau or uh, just traveling around, I'd, I'd, as long as when St. James was open, i try to stop by at the high school. And, but anytime I'd come into the town, into Philly, I'd try to socialize or meet, uh, meet the guys for a, you know, a beer here and there. But uh, we've maintained uh, – relationship ever since Kevin's two has been playing and been in, in the coaching ranks. So I've really talked to my teammates and they're, they're sharing the pride and the, and the respect they have for Kevin and his achievements. So we've, 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 the guys are going to get together on Saturday. You've probably been uh, at least communicating over the years. I could say. If I can go back and look at this uh, article again, I want to know how I can get the free microwave down in the bottom right-hand corner. <laughs> <laughs> But, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's this is yeah. I'm looking here. This is out of Delaware County Daily Times. And, yeah, uh, and that was the great hometown paper for us in St. James. It was, you know, playing in the Catholic League. We got some love from the Philadelphia Inquirer, but because we were the suburb guys, they still love their Roman Catholic Cardinal Doherty, Bishop Egan, and uh, and the rest of those guys, and up in the north. And uh, but we used to get our love from from the Daily Times, and uh, they were certainly good good folks and. Uh, uh, you know, all the reporters there. And, and there are a couple of guys there. McCaff- Mr. McCaffrey's still there. Yeah. and yep. But uh, I think Harry Shaken is actually going to come to the functional. I understand oh, come nice. to the functional on Saturday. But uh, there's been a few guys there that have passed away. And good guys, great reporters. And we're really good to St. James High School in general. The sports program, football, baseball, basketball program. So it's it's nice to see something that, you know, I have some old scrapbooks that my mother made for me. And they're sacked away in my in my trunk somewhere in my garage. So I haven't had the time to dig them out and go through this stuff. But I was able to dig out one of my jerseys. Uh-huh. And uh, we got the word that we were supposed to bring back a jersey for the uh, team photograph. And uh, I they wanted us to bring back the blue jerseys. In that picture, you see us wearing the white jersey. Funny story. I have to bring back my white jersey there, St. James jersey. My blue jersey, at the end of the Frankfurt game, I was running off the field with Joe Logue and some of the coaches. And as soon as I got clear, my teammates, I took my blue jersey 
number 82 off, and I gave it to then my girlfriend, who is now <laughs> Mrs. O'Connell, the coach's mother. And oh. over the years, I, I said to her last week, I said, hey, where's that blue jersey? And she said, oh, I, I think I took it home. And I talked to my, uh, my father-in-law, and I said, there is, where's that blue jersey? And it came out now that I think my mother-in-law, rest in peace, years ago, uh, it either ended up in a yard sale or the Salvation Army or something. But my St. James blue jersey is missing in action for eternity. And I'll be wearing my white St. James jersey on Saturday. <laughs> Still fits, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little, a little tight down in the belly button area. But, yeah, right. okay. <laughs> that happens. That happens. Yeah. Well, hey, Bill, we're, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Couldn't be more excited. I don't know whether to wish you good luck or not on Monday night, but, you know, we, well, we certainly wish you all the best. And well, I, uh, I, I couldn't I, be happier for you. No, I do wish the, the Eagles good luck. They're going to face a, a good team, a well-coached team, a hard-fighting team, and I, I'm looking for a classic as far as Monday night football. And I'm going to – I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we're going to enjoy it. I think it's Absolutely. going to be a great game. And, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of points and a lot of fun to watch. Can't wait. Yeah, and I, I've been uh, I've been following the Minnesota Vikings far more in 2022 than I ever have before since uh, <laughs> Alan Page was playing. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've been paying a lot of attention to what's going on out there. And uh, like I say, couldn't be any happier for you. Well, Bill Chet, thanks for having me. And uh, I, you know, we're getting in there tomorrow, and it's going to be a, a homecoming extraordinaire. So we'll we'll we're going to enjoy it. I can tell you. All right. Thanks, All right, Bill. Thank you and enjoy, my friend. Take care. Take care. All right. Hey, Chet, is it any cooler than that? <laughs> Boy, I could just imagine the emotions he's got. I mean, the year he's having, we had him on, you know, between the championship games and the Super Bowl, right when it was about to be announced that he kind of knew it, that his son was going to be named head coach, and you could see how happy he was. And now, you know, here it is week two, and he's going to go watch his son coach at the link against the team that he rooted for all these years. So, man, what a year of him. What a high he's got. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chet, let's give a quick shout-out to the Edge of Philly Sports Network. As you can see, loaded up again. Even more shows now that football season has started. Uh, you've got us on Wednesday. Uh, back again next week. That show's Thursday because it's this week. But as you can see, leading into the weekend, still plenty of shows talking all things. Philly Sports, check us out, uh, edgeoffillysports.com. You can still get on that newsletter list as well. Uh, just go to edgeoffillysports.com and sign up for it. Be in your mailbox every Friday morning. And don't forget, Philly Press Box Radio is also on YouTube. So go over there, check it out, and like, follow. We need them. Keep uh, those subscribers, you know, uh add to our list okay we're, we're building something here bill and uh we had a real good august a lot of people you know found us in august and uh let's keep it going because it's football season and we love talking eagles football and making predictions bill that's right it's time for nfc east picks jet uh how did we do last week to start the season i know uh my two i know i lost two i know well only one of us had faith in carson wentz bill and those washington commanders as they hosted Dougie P and the Jaguars. And that was the defending champion of our little pick em thing. Me, Bill. Me. Yeah, you're the same one who took the Cowboys, Dak. I did not take the Cowboys last week, pal. You did so. Oh, I did not. I haven't confirmed I took Tampa Bay last week, pal. 
Hmm. Check on that. You go check the tape. Check I the will tape. have to. We all, the, we all picked the Giants-Titans game wrong. Saquon ran wild. We all won with the Bucks. Bill. Check the tape. And, of course, with the Eagles. So I'm 3-1. and one. You and Boop were 2-2. Two and two. We will hear from Boop, Bob Batrone Jr., uh, in just a couple of minutes. And uh, you and I are going to make our selections before we get to Boop. So real quickly, Bill, we got about one minute. You and me, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Panthers at the Giants. Giants minus two and a half. Who you got? I got the Giants. I think they're going to win a second straight. Shock the world. I'm going to go Panthers just because I'm not going with the Giants. Washington at Detroit. Lions minus one. This is kind of interesting. Lions are favored. Yeah, well, the Lions often certainly look pretty good against the Eagles. I'm taking Detroit in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit, too. Uh, I'm following hard knocks. I like hard knocks. All right, next. Cincinnati at Dallas. Bengals minus seven. Um, Given the Cowboys situation, I got to take Cincinnati. Yeah, you got to. Things are not looking good there. All right. Uh, Vikings, Eagles, Monday night football. Eagles minus two. And that's that's a good line for this game, I think. It is. And you know what, Bill? Let's save our picks on the Eagles and Vikings until we see what Boop has to say about this whole situation. Okay. So we got a little uh, recorded piece from Boop, and then you and I will come back and make our Vikings Eagles picks. Let's do it. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Washington had to mount a comeback against a not quite there Jacksonville squad last week. Detroit appears to be a little closer to being there than the Jaguars are. We're going Motown. The Giants scored all 21 of their points in the second half last Sunday. The Panthers scored 17 in the fourth quarter alone, but lost on a long field goal. Not this week. Carolina breezes. You never like to see a quarterback going down for any team, especially in week one. I don't think the Cowboys have what it takes right now to overcome that, especially against a team that is coming off a loss after one of the more wacky fourth quarters and overtimes you're likely to see. The Bengals rebound. The Lions' 35 points last Sunday were the most allowed by an Eagles in the Week 1 victory since 1947. Let's say they cut that back by a touchdown this week and put the 35 up on their end of the scoreboard instead. Eagles 35, Vikings 28. So in summary, the Cowboys were the only NFC East team to lose in Week 1. The Eagles will be the only NFC East team to win in Week 2. Heading into the opener, we told you the Eagles-Lions series was on a string of eight straight overs, and, lo and behold, it was a ninth straight over before the, before the fourth quarter even began. Playing off that, I'll tell you that the Eagles are now running on a stretch of six straight overs in the game after playing the Lions. Once again, we'll be taking the over and a bunch of other higher alternative overs right along with them. That's also what we'll be doing in tonight's game, and here's why. Since 2008, Andy Reid's teams have played in 14 Thursday night games. Those games are 11-3 to the over. You can check out all the specific details in those games, as well as some other useful stuff like TV listings, on my Twitter feed, at BoopStats, or at my website, BoopStats.com. Guys, see you next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about... Carolina in a rollaway, runaway. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm sticking with the Giants. So uh, we all have Detroit. We all have Cincinnati. I have the Giants. You guys have Carolina. Boop thinks the Eagles can pull this one out, huh? 35-28. You yeah, know what I think, Bill? 
Don't hate me, people. Don't hate me. My official prediction, Minnesota beating the Eagles 34-27. Going with my head, not my heart, Bill. Uh, well, I tell you what, I, I can't say I blame you. I'm not going to go that way. Um, I, I'm, I, if this game was in Minnesota, I might feel the other way. I, I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I think the defense is going to be a little bit better this week though. So I, I'm going to go 28, 24 Eagles. Oh, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised otherwise. All right. I will be rooting against myself, Bill. I don't want to see it happen the way I predict, but I have the Vikings by a touchdown. You guys pick the Eagles. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Me too. All right. Hey, great guest tonight in Paul Domowitz and Bill O'Connell. Uh, you know, Domo is always great with the Eagles. Bill, Bill was just real. Oh, you know, man. that was just a real guy talking about being excited about his kid and, and all the yeah. stuff he's got on. That, that's awesome. A lot of fun. So, Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Back on our regular Wednesday night, 7 p.m. time. Yeah, time. next week, Bill, on Wednesday, we have a first-timer joining us. He is the sports editor at Philly Voice, and he can talk about the entire Philly sports scene. Look at his resume there. He's uh, been around, knows his stuff. We look forward to having Evan Macy on with us and having our viewers and listeners get to know him a little bit. Good guy. We may have a second guest. We may not. We shall see. But Evan Macy will join us to talk uh, all things Philly sports next week. All right. Looking forward to that. Hey, you know, uh, Chet, one thing we're going to have to start mixing in uh, is maybe a little Flyers hockey. (laughs) Camp Tortorella, they say, is a bad dude right now. So uh, I'd be looking forward to hearing some of that. Yeah, I guess we have to. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, by the way, tickets uh, are going on sale, and I don't think anybody cares. Oh. All right. Let's <laughs> take another. Sell. Let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Bill, I want to take a minute to tell our viewers and listeners about Philly sports trips because, uh, boy, there's a lot going on right there. Um, they have several trips for fans to consider, including trips to all Eagles road games, tailgate parties before all birds, home games, a visit to Wrigley Field during the final week of the baseball season, plus an October Flyers hockey trip. Yeah, there's the Flyers. A trip to Nashville Music City, October 22nd through the 25th. And hey, you can even book Phillies 2023 spring training trips already. Get all the details on their website. That is phillysportstrips.com, Bill. Hey, Chet, yeah. before you uh, tell us about the Emmys, God No, forbid. not the Emmys. Beer. beer. Robbie Ellis is with you on the Vikings. Uh, well, mm. I mean, Robbie's a smart lady. Uh, well, we know that. And uh, PJ is going Carolina. No giants because he's a smart guy, too. Bill, we got to drink some beer. You ready? Go ahead. All right. It is time. Let's hear the bell again one more time. There we go. All right, here we go. Pay attention. For a lot of people, autumn is the very best time of the year. You have cooler weather, pro and college football, the World Series, and yeah, all of those tasty spiced coffees and other pumpkin-flavored treats. Well, that, of course, includes beer. 
exactly one year ago in a random chat segment, I talked about some of my favorite pumpkin beers and ales and Oktoberfest brews. I've sampled quite a few new ones, of course, since then, especially over the last month. But I'm going to talk about those. I'm going to focus this time just on some of the pumpkin flavored brews, some of my old and new favorites, plus a few that I wasn't crazy about, too. Well, pumpkin beers that are just okay would include Two Roads Breweries, Rose Mary's Baby Pumpkin Ale. Hey, great name anyway. Brooklyn Breweries, Post Road Pumpkin Ale. There's a UFO Pumpkin Hefeweizen. And, you know, I usually love UFO brews, but, well, this one is, to be honest, just okay. And there's a new one for me that I just tried recently. It's from Bonesaw in South Jersey. It is a Pum Queen Vanilla Spice Cream Ale. It's not bad, but it's not great either. A little better for me would be this one. It's a new one to me anyway from Conchahawken Brewery. Love those guys. It is Nightmare on East Elm Street. Not bad. Now, a friend of mine recently told me about this one. It's a dogfish head pumpkin ale. Thanks for the tip, Tom. Not bad at all. I just sampled it the other night, and it is pretty good. Pumpkin and brown sugar flavors really come through nicely just missed making my six-pack of favorites. All right, without further ado, my pumpkin six-pack would be, well, all three of these that are pictured here from Missouri-based O'Fallon Brewery. They have a regular pumpkin beer and a salted caramel pumpkin ale, plus my personal favorite, a vanilla pumpkin beer, 5.6% alcohol by volume, and real tasty. All right, another holdover from last year's list is this one. It is from Shipyard Brewing. It's called Pumpkinhead Ale, which really grew on me last fall the more that I drank it. Just 4.5% ABV, so heck, you can enjoy quite a few of these, right? All right, new to this year's list is one that I just discovered the other day. It is from Lancaster, Pennsylvania's Springhouse Brewing, and it is called Brains. Yeah, B-R-A-A-A-I-I-N-S. It is a real tasty pumpkin ale that is on the stronger side, 8.5% alcohol by volume. And hey, it is suitable for both zombies and living, breathing humans. I think I qualify for one of those anyway. As a horror fan, I give it extra points for the cool can. But my absolute favorite, I think, would be this one. Same as last year. Let's pop it open right now. This one is Sam Adams Jacko Pumpkin Ale. It is really, really good. It is just 4.4% alcohol by volume. It is real smooth and delicious. Mm. So there you have it. Enjoy the pumpkin beers. Enjoy the Oktoberfest brews and celebrations. There's a lot of them out there. And as always, drink responsibly. I am, I am not drinking pumpkin beer ever. Come on, it's good, is, Bill. Is it required to, to put your finger pinky out to drink that? Crap? No, it is not. It is not. Jeez. Wrap it up, Bill. You're killing me. No, no oh, Wrap it up. Uh, let's thank tonight's special guest, Paul Donowitz, Bill O'Connell, Bob Vitron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Boy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, September 21st at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Hi, Hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go Phillies and go Birds. I hope we had